You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode two of Keeping Up with the Krakens, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. I am your host, Tyler Bell, and once again, we are joined by my good friend, Josh Deming of JJDTV. You can find him on Twitter. How are you doing today, Josh? I'm doing good, man. Excited to be back, talk a little Kraken hockey, and uh, I think we've got a, we a pretty heavy packed schedule from what, uh, from what you've told me so far, so I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, just a little rundown of some stuff we'll be talking about today. Uh, so once again, uh, we'll be kind of talking about uh, some of the expansion draft, uh, maybe some five important expansion picks, and then five maybe wildcard players. Um, so we'll kind of get into that. Uh, we definitely want to touch on some of those UFA signings that happened uh, in the off season, um, And then we're going to move on, maybe some roster cuts that have been happening uh, throughout camp and preseason so far. Uh, we want to touch on the last two games, though it'll be a little tougher for us since there was no stream for us to watch, Josh. So that was a tough one. So ridiculous, uh, we'll, yeah, I know a little ridiculous, maybe a dash two to the NHL for that. Um, but uh, again, uh, we're just going to have to break it down with what we're able to do. So uh, we'll get into that and then maybe even discuss a couple topics around the nhl as well okay but first things first we could touch base right on to our expansion draft so starting off with five of our important expansion picks five we think will be the most important um so starting it off right here um the first player i want to talk about mark giordano so why do you think he might be at the top of my list, Josh? I'm assuming just for that, that veteran experience, bringing in a player who's, who meant so much to the, to the Flames organization, kind of coming in, you've seen him already not only do it on the ice, but off the ice, and having a player like that coming together, bringing that leadership, I, I think it'll be really important, especially when it comes to a bunch of, bunch of players basically just getting to know each other, knowing you have someone like, like his presence. And on top of the fact, even at the age of 37, he's still a very good top line uh, defender in, in my eyes um, on the back end. Yeah, hundred percent. And the big thing too, is you have to have somebody who's going to be the leader of this team. And I think out of all these players on this expansion draft, uh, Mark Giordano is going to be that, that guy. And he might not have a C on his Jersey, uh, but he definitely is represented as the biggest leader of this team, I believe. 
Yep, I agree, one hundred percent. And uh, yeah, we had that conversation last time if he was gonna get the C or not, and I think we both kind of agreed we don't think he's get, gonna get the C because of his age. But like you said, C or not, I can promise you, if there is someone who's acting like a captain, it's going to be Mark Giordano. Yeah, completely agree. So moving on to our next player, again, we're gonna go with another D here who signed in the off season uh, when vague or. When Seattle had their three days uh, where they were able to talk about uh, some of the, or able to have some discussions with their with their UFAs before anybody else got a chance to, uh, they were able to get a deal, deal done with this defenseman. His name is Adam Larson. So how big was it that he signed with this team, and what does that mean for this team? Well, I mean, if you remember, remember back of, of how highly rated right-handed defenders are, I mean, the right-handed defenseman got he got traded at one point for Taylor Hall. I mean, I think a lot of people kind of forget about that trade. The Devils sent Larson to Edmonton for Hall, and and there was a lot of being like, you got ripped off, Edmonton. You sent one of one of the best players who ended up going on to be an MVP of the league for Adam Larson. But at the time, I mean, right-handed defenders are hard to come by, and bringing him in, considering and this is a perfect example, arguably he could be the only right-handed defenseman on the team opening night. So I think that alone just shows how important he is. The fact that you're able to get him in, convince him of the project is here, get him to re-sign. And he will definitely, in my eyes, probably play that, that top line right-handed role because, I mean, no one else is really going to do it unless they're playing on their offsided offsided uh, hand. But uh, I'm excited to see him in. I think he's going to bring a lot of uh, leadership presence as well, similar to Giordano in similar ways. And he, he'll be good on, on, on the PK and, and he'll just be an all-around solid defenseman. Yeah, he definitely brings a lot of intangibles to his game. And if he would have hit the UFA market, he would have had a lot of teams inquiring about him. Uh, not only that, he signed a very team-friendly deal. He did. Signing yeah. in at 4 by 4 contract. So four years at $4 million a year. No doubt he could have got five and a half. Could have even pushed for $6 million, especially with uh, the way D were getting signed this offseason. Uh, he could have definitely got more money, but it just shows that he wanted to be a part of the Seattle expansion team and, and be a Kraken and a crackhead, to put it one way. So, <laughs> so, so it's a big part of this team to be able to get Adam Larson signed. And uh, yeah, yeah, just looking forward to what he could bring this year and going through the future in the next seasons for sure. Yeah, man, absolutely. The uh, the the, the team friendly deals is one that just it's it'll speak to the volume of the player and and how excited he is to be here and the fact that he, they got it done for this deal is is a win win and anyone in the NHL any team would have been happy with that deal. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So moving on to my third player here, uh, right winger, going to be top line for sure. Uh, his name's Jordan Eberle. So what are your thoughts on the fact that they picked Jordan Eberle from the Islanders? Just an absolute beauty from the Canadian perspective. I mean, he's, he's got a Everly's got a got a big small piece of uh, of Canadian history after that comeback he did in the World Juniors. So every Canadian will always think very highly of him. But on top of that, man, I, I like I said, I mean, he's a very consistent player. I think he's someone who can slot into that top line right wing role. You know what he's gonna get. He's a creative player. He'll be very very influential, and we've already seen it in preseason on the power play. Uh, he, he's, I think he's very, very good in tight spaces. He can find space for himself. He can find that, that pass. And I'm excited to see him work up on that top line. And, and I'm seeing some chemistry already with what he's doing with McCann and uh, Schwartz. Yeah, he showed a lot of good chemistry already on that top line with, with Schwartz and presumably Jared McCann. 
this is a player who scores big goals. He's a big goal, big game guy, right? And so it's important to have a guy like that on your team. And considering I think Jordan Eberle around the league might be a little bit on the underrated side, I know he struggled with putting up the big number points, but he's such a consistent player still. And if you look back since he's joined the league, I believe he is fifth for all right wingers since joining the league in points. So that kind of speaks volumes of what Jordan Everly can bring. And not only that, if you look at some of his playoff performances the last couple of seasons with the Islanders, he showed up and once again, he was scoring big goals. And it's very exciting to have a player like that on the Seattle Kraken team. Yeah, man, absolutely. And, uh, and it just it's just a it's a fit up front and again another player who in my eyes like similar to Adam Larson just and, and even Giordano just excited to be here they want to be here they want that almost a little fresh outlook on uh on on playing the game and this is a good opportunity for them to do that. Oh yeah, exactly. So moving on now to our fourth player, uh, this presumably what a lot of people thought would be our top line centerman. Of course, this player has uh, went through some shoulder surgery uh, and hasn't been able to kind of participate in any preseason games, though he has been practicing with the team. That player is Yanni Gord from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, um, first, my initial thoughts on Yanni Gord, uh, a player who could play uh, all throughout your lineup. So he could be a first line centerman for this team, second line, Third line, obviously, is where he played on Tampa Bay and was a huge part of that third line, obviously, uh, with Tampa Bay winning the Cup the last two seasons. A uh, guy who brings a lot of intangibles as well and very a lot of tenacity to his game, right? Like, he's a fast, quick player, uh, gets in your face, isn't afraid to go hard to the net, and has a really underrated shot as well. So you kind of want to give your thoughts too on uh, on a player like Andy Gord and what he could mean to this uh, Seattle Kraken team. Yeah, man, I I think a, a depth signing is is where it is because like I, a lot of people did assume he was going to maybe take that top line role, but he can play in a variety of different positions. He's always been good at, at producing points for for Tampa, and he's another player who I mean, like it or not, he's just he's just brought in two Stanley Cups to the to the team. I mean, he's someone who's been there, done that, found success, and I I think once he gets back healthy. If we get a similar type of Yanni Gord, I'd assume he'd play top six minutes. And uh, I'm excited to see what he could do with a little bit more opportunity in the Kraken to get more ice time. And I'd expect him to have a pretty solid season. Yeah, I'm expecting big things from him too. And by the looks of it, he's going to be back earlier than expected. And that's going to be very interesting to see where he's going to slot right away in the lineup and how things are going to shift in that top six. Um, but moving on to our final player. Now, this was a tough one. I was debating between two players here, but I have to go with the St. Louis pick, Vince Dunn. Um, The reason why I picked Vince Dunn is because I think he's probably looking at being the biggest part of this back end when it comes to offense. I know Giordano's probably showed a lot more of that in his career, but again, he's at an older age now, and I think some of those years of his best offensive years are definitely behind him while you take a look at a guy like Vince Dunn and he's really trying to break out and become that offensive dynamo from the back end so that's a reason why I'm kind of picking him as my fifth player here you want to give your thoughts on a guy like Dunn yeah man I I, again I absolutely agree in terms of the offense uh Giordano I I know he he will put up points he, he always does but I think like you said like Vin, Vince Dunn's got some some create 
some creative aspects to his game that I don't think you can find anywhere else on the defensive end. Adam Larson will not put up those kind of numbers. You can, I can promise you that. <laughs> uh, but it's an opportunity for, for Dunn to, to show what he's made of this year. And similar to Yanni Gord, take an opportunity in, in a lineup where the minutes in, in the, the special teams will play in effect. And I think that if he can be as creative as, as he looked and he showed some good things with St. Louis, he will bring a, bring a lot to this back end. And, and I'm, I'm expecting, again, another probably pretty big season out of him playing those top four minutes. Yeah, great point. Like, guy like Dunn, you just got to take this opportunity and run with it. And he's looked so sharp in preseason already and, you know, primed for a breakout season, in my opinion. You know, I I know right now they have Giordano playing that first-line power play. I could see Dunn maybe moving into that spot, especially if it's struggling, right? So I think that's going to be one of those things where those two defensemen are kind of sharing that load as the quarterback on the power play this season. Yep, and, it's, and it goes back to the creative outlet where I, I not that G- Giordano completely doesn't have that, but I think he's just more a more simple approach to the power play when when I think Dunn could potentially find that that extra pass, that extra movement that instead of Giordano who would just maybe lay into a, to a shot, uh, and uh, and I just yeah just more I guess modern day power play defenders is kind of who I'm looking at with with Dunn, and I'm excited to see what he can do, and I I expect him to definitely uh, fight for that top top spot in the PP. Yeah, for sure. It should be a fun battle to watch. Five wild cards. So five wild, wild cards, cards from this expansion right. draft. Right. Okay. Starting things off with the 30th pick, technically, by team, uh, Mason Appleton. Mason Appleton. The reason why I have him as a wild card is because I'm not sure where he's going to fit in the lineup yet. Um, is he a fourth line guy? Is he a top six guy? I feel like there's potential. Uh, to get into that top six, but haven't really seen it yet so far. I feel like he's still trying to find his way into the lineup. Uh, obviously, he's coming off a really good year with Winnipeg, and he was able to get th- some of those minutes uh, with some of the injuries that they had last season. But again, a guy who might be a staple on the fourth line this year just because he plays that style of game, but he has kind of proven that he could bring some of that offense to his game and you know make some noise and maybe find a way into the top six. Yeah, with that Canadian division last year, I watched a lot of Winnipeg, and I watched a lot of Mason Appleton, and I think he should, at the bare minimum, shoot for that top top nine role. That that third line right wing is where I'd like to see him, because I think he can be a goal scorer. I think he, he's got an eye to put that puck in the back of the net, and I'd like to think, I mean, if he's able to do that with the with the Jets, that again, opportunities, what this Kraken team's all about. I do agree that his style could benefit a fourth line, but I wouldn't be surprised if he started out the season on on the third line and and potentially try to push a little bit forward, especially if some other players, especially on that second line, aren't doing it, and he kind of tailors his game a little bit more to putting the puck in the back of the net. He could definitely be a wild card for uh, for having a productive year because he's someone who I said could probably go for that 20-goal mark if if he's hot and he gets minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could definitely see that for sure. And he'll probably find an opportunity to get in there at some point this year, especially if there's some injuries or whatnot. I think he would be one of those first guys who gets the call up to get more minutes because he does have a proven track record now. Um, So it it could definitely happen. So moving on to our second wild card pick. This is a tough one to kind of break down right now because we haven't seen much of him. But Colin Blackwell. Um, Colin Blackwell is a guy who so far hasn't been able to show too too much in the nhl but luckily last year with the rangers they were able to give him some minutes in the top nine 
and he was on pace for a 20-goal season, uh, of course, if it was a, a full season. Uh, so he's a guy who, obviously, he's injured right now. We haven't been able to see him play. But if he gets that opportunity and can show that offense, he's a guy who could maybe get those 20 goals as well. Uh, it would be tough if he's stuck on the third line doing it. Maybe a more realistic goal would be, you know, 15 goals, maybe that 30 to 35 points, which be which is a great year for anybody who's on third line minutes, right? Yep. So definitely a wild card for sure, um, especially if he can come back, uh, be healthy, and show some offensive output. Yeah, Uh Absolutely, he he is definitely a wild card for me because I have no idea really what to expect, especially with that that depth we sort of have right now in the center and kind of the up in the airness in terms of trying to put mm-hmm. it. I mean, we don't know exactly who's taking which role. We have McCann in there. Gord's going to be coming back. We have Wenberg, who at one time was predicted to, to be in the top role, who arguably, if Blackwell outdoes him, could be on the fourth role. Like it, it's mm-hmm. it's hard to yeah. see where exactly these centermen are going to fit on the team, but. Yeah, he did put up he did put up some uh, some productivity last year, and if he can get back and find a way to battle, because he's kind of behind the trend right now, and injuries never never help. Because I mean, Gord in my eyes, no matter what, come back from injury, he's gonna be further ahead, and he's gonna have to battle yeah. and hopefully uh, be productive. Because if not, it could be a counter counterproductive season. So he's definitely a wild card in my eyes. Yeah, and it just shows how much depth they actually do have up front on this team. Uh, when you're looking at a guy like him and thinking, you know, where do we put him in the lineup when he does come back, right? And I think a lot of people don't really realize, but there is a lot of depth on this forward core for Seattle this year. And so it's going to be an exciting battle once some of these injured players do come back and, you know, where are they going to slot right away in the lineup? It'll be an, an interesting battle to see who's earning the ice time on this team. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm excited for him too. All right, um, wildcard pick number three here. We're going with Jonas Donskoy, who was picked up uh, from the Colorado Avalanche last season. Any thoughts on Jonas Donskoy, Josh? I, I think he was one that everyone kind of assumed would probably be on that second line role. I think I think he's a player who's going to be uh, who's going to be productive. I think he can he can play down that that right that right uh, wing position, and I think he'll be someone who who can put up product productivity depending on who he's played with. I think him and Gord could be a nice little combo there, depending on who's also on that, uh, that left-hand side, but uh, I'm expecting him to have an impact on this team. Uh, and I, I think it's honestly that right, that second line right wing position is probably his to lose at this moment. Yeah, I would say it's definitely his to lose. The reason why I picked him as a wild card is because I'm not sure what we're going to get out of him this year. Is he that 20 goal scorer? Could he have a breakout and get close to 30 goals? I mean, if he's given, uh, if he has good chemistry, especially with a guy like Gord who comes back uh, and he plays on the same line as him, then you could definitely see him pushing 25 goals for sure. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, where his offensive output actually falls this season because he hasn't really shown to be uh, a 25 goal scorer uh, in the league. He's usually around that 20 goal mark. So a guy like Eunice Donskoy, he could be a bit of a wild card this season. He could he could break out, and you know he's going to be given that opportunity, like you said, in, in top six minutes. And especially if he struggles, if Nathan Appleton is right behind him and putting putting the puck in the back of the net, uh, there's an opportunity that he just gets pushed a little bit further down the pecking order. So it, it's one of those things where it's like, for example, Appleton could thrive while Donskoy doesn't, or vice versa. So hopefully they both find a way to be successful. But odds are one of the two is going to put up a, probably put up a twenty goal season, and the one probably 
potentially won't. It's, it's just how, how the numbers work. Uh, we, when I was going through the 20, 20 goal list and putting all these players who could do it, doesn't mean every single one will, but um, I do think, like you said, he's got that opportunity and with more minutes, more responsibility, there's a good chance he could go, go towards that 2025 mark. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, moving on to that fourth wildcard spot here. Uh, we're going to flip it back to the defenseman here. Uh, and here's a name I'm going to throw out. Carson Soucy. So Carson Soucy, a guy who solidified himself with the Wild uh, as a really good top six defenseman. So uh, the question mark here is, does he have more to bring? Does he have more to bring to the lineup? Is there a potential for him to sneak into top four minutes? I don't think he's going to be able to sneak into top four. I think our top four, as, as we know, it is very strong. Uh, I think that there's a big battle for those, those, those bottom two positions in that third line on the, uh, on the back end. I do think it's, he's, he's got a really good opportunity. He's probably one of the favorites right now because of the success he had. Because in an expansion team, you want players who, who've done it in the NHL. That's, that's a luxury many expansion teams haven't done. And they have, arguably, they could put together six, six defenders who have NHL experience. And he's one of them in my eyes. So I... I would not be angry whatsoever if he was on the the third line, but I just I think the top four writes itself, and I think it's hard. It's gonna be very hard to break in, but um, he's definitely on the outside looking in right now in my eyes. Yeah, and I agree with that too. Um, he's kind of your style of defenseman who you want on that third line, right? A bigger, good skating, shutdown defenseman, and you have to have those guys in your lineup to take over some of the the penalty killing minutes and things like that. So yep. yeah, I think I think he's suited for that bottom or the yeah the bottom pair on that D core. And like we said, that nothing bad with that at all, right? No, nope, um, nope. so no, so I think I think he's kind of in there. But I do have him as a wild card just because uh, it's it's interesting to see how the rest of these young D will play out with him, right? Like, who's going to be lining up beside him? Is it going to be a guy like Hayden Fleury? Is it going to be a guy who can sneak in like Jeremy Lazon? Um, so seeing who he gets matched up with could potentially, you know, tell a lot of stories of, of how that guy's season is going to go. Absolutely. All right, moving on to our next wild card. Uh, we got Joey Decord from uh-huh. the Senators. So, yes. So I wanted to throw this in there because from what we've seen in preseason, I think it's fair to, to assume that he's kind of outplayed Chris Drieger so far. What do you think, Josh? I don't think you're wrong. We were talking about one of the best tandems with Drieger and Grubauer, but I think the goal... The goaltending situation has been a little iffy in preseason so far, specifically on Drieger, and Joey Decord has looked solid, and he kind of had that 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 a flirtatious uh, opportunity there with the centers with the number of goalies that were going through them last year, and, and he was pretty strong, and we've been talking him up a lot. He's just a good personality. I still think it's be very hard for him to, to outdo Drieger just because of, I mean, the season he had last year the money there's a bunch of different tangibles into why Drieger is almost guaranteed that that second that backup role but he needs to start producing because I mean so far it's it's been a little underwhelming and and Joey Decor is sitting right there and ready to pounce yeah he is ready to pounce and he looks primed to to play some NHL games the more we see him isn't he um so so that's really really interesting to see that's why he's one of the biggest wild cards here because I mean I don't think anyone really expected going into camp that we'd be having these types of discussions with the goaltending. I think everyone was pretty set on 
Grubauer is obviously the number one. And you have a really, really good backup who can, you know, still take 35 to 40% of the games and a guy like Chris Drieger. But with the way things have looked so far, there's now some question marks for that backup goaltender spot. And, you know, I don't think we'll see anything happen right away, especially early on in the season. But you start to look at a guy like Drieger with a contract of, you know, three years at $3.5 million a year. Uh, could that be potentially moved? Could that be yeah. a deadline movement if they they're pretty confident that a guy like Decord can step in and become your backup goaltender? Absolutely, and I mean, no one no one knows where the crack. I mean, we hope they're going to be in a, in a playoff spot, but I mean, if they're not, that is a contract that a team who wants to add a little bit of depth, especially in in the goaltending position, they they definitely could look at. But yeah, I agree. They're going to give him the benefit of the doubt for, to start the season one hundred percent. And I mean, if he can't figure it out the door could be open for Decord. Yeah, yeah, it could definitely be open there for him. And then our final wild card spot here, we're going to give it to Morgan Geeky. Um, so Morgan Geeky gets this spot because, you know, I had good expectations of him heading in, but I think he's already kind of exceeded some of my expectations with how good he's looked, especially down the middle, right? Uh, right now, there's some open spots with some injuries with Yanni Gord out and whatnot. So, this is a guy who has shown so far in preseason that he is an NHL player. Not only an NHL player, but a guy who could easily step in and play top nine minutes, I think. That's what it's looking like to me. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, talking about the, the depth in the center, I didn't even mention him. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, that was that was off of me because he's, he's been one of the best players in my eyes for during preseason. And uh, and he's, he's another player who, with the opportunity arises, he's going to hopefully take it, which again, in my eyes, will hurt blackwell the most so far just because of injury he's the one who's got to fight back and when he's playing the way that he is and and he can show some versatility maybe go to the wing if he needed to it'll, it'll help him obviously potentially progress up that lineup but he showed a lot of promise so far and i'm excited to see this this young kid have a have a pretty good season yeah i am too i think uh the sky's kind of the limit for him and if he keeps on progressing and getting better and getting his confidence uh he's going to be a guy who might be you know, getting some top six minutes at some point in the lineup and could, you know, put up some really good offensive numbers. He didn't really get the chance to prove that when he was with Carolina. So uh, again, another guy who's a bit of a wild card, but a guy who definitely looks like an NHL player for this team uh, and a guy who's going to be on the opening night roster and stay on that roster. I don't see him, you know, getting cut for, you know, a guy like Coland or Nathan Bastion right now. Um, so a couple of those guys who, who might be on the bubble. Um, I don't think he's, he's a bubble player. I think he's kind of proven, uh, that he's an NHL player, but the biggest question mark is where he's going to be in the lineup. Yep. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Cool. Well, that was, that was interesting to go through those expansion players. It was nice just to kind of touch on some of them, uh, you know, just because we did start a little late with this podcast and obviously, uh, we missed the expansion draft. Uh, but another topic we can touch on right now is some of the ufa signings that they made this off season and some of them uh, happened not too long ago too um so touching on the very first one which is the most important to this team no doubt well i kind of say that but at the <laughs> same time uh, i guess there's a couple guys here that you could probably put in that discussion but the first one i'm going to bring up here is philip grubauer uh thoughts on this ufa signing yeah, I mean, getting 
get, after what he, the elite numbers you put up last year with Colorado, getting him in the door, knowing that your 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 goalie position is basically taken care of, on top of the fact of having a very talented, from what we assume, a very talented uh, tandem this year. I mean, that's just that's just good business all around, and every Kraken fan is definitely excited that he's in the door. Yeah, they gotta be. Uh, he, this guy has been proven the last couple seasons now that he's uh, in the upper echelon for you know elite goaltenders in the league, and his numbers back that up. Uh, so, you know, he signs a huge contract here uh, at six years, $5.9 million per year. So he's obviously wanting to be a big part of the Seattle Kraken team going forward. And he believes in what they're doing. And, you know, he he's definitely here to win. That's that's no doubt at all. He had a lot of different options where he could have signed. And, you know, showing that he wanted to come uh, join the Seattle Kraken shows that he believes in in this organization. Yeah, absolutely. Solid, solid recruitment. Uh, and, and kudos to uh, to everyone involved to bring this man in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And then moving on here, we have another, again, I guess I a guy who you would assume would be in this same conversation, and that would be Jaden Schwartz. A guy who comes in, signs a five-year deal at $5.5 million a year. Another guy who is going to be a big part of this team going forward and, again, is here to show the young guys how to play and, you know, be a leader of this team. Yeah. Uh, player. I'm really probably the player I was most excited for just because I'm expecting a very rejuvenated Schwartz. I'm, ex- I'm expecting someone who probably has got a good shot at leading the team in points. Uh, he's already producing the preseason. He's finding chemistry on the top line. I'm just all around really eager to see this, this guy go. And, and he's just, a, he's a good guy off the ice. And, and I just wish him nothing but the best in Seattle. And I do think it's going to be a really good fit. Yeah, and it's already looking like quite a quite a good fit, especially where he's sitting on the top line with Eberle on that right wing, and you know whether it's McCann leading the way or Yanni Gord. I have a lot of faith that this is going to be a very, very, very productive top line for Seattle this this season. Absolutely. All right, we kind of did touch on uh, Adam Larson a bit, so I'm going to move on to one of the other UFA signings, and this is Alex Wenberg. So he signed a deal at three years 4.5 million per season obviously when you're giving a guy this kind of money you're expecting him to play some important minutes of this team Uh, so the biggest question mark is going to be you know what line is Wenberg going to be a part of especially with Yanni Gord back in the lineup Uh, is he a top nine centerman is he a top six centerman is he hovering in that middle six range you know what is Wenberg going to bring to this team He's gonna bring. He's gonna bring a lot. He's a very good two-way player. But I mean, again, looking at that that center position, from what I've seen so far, I I don't see. Well, when Gord gets back, I don't see him getting into that top six right away. I think McCann and, and Gord, it's their 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 positions in in the lineup to lose. I see him slotting in the third line, which would then we don't know where Geeky's gonna play. Whether it's gonna be on the wings or as that fourth line center, which I could maybe expect Blackwell to be there. There's a lot of question marks, but right now I, I kind of see him on that that third line, maybe pushing. Yanni Gord or McCann if they start to slip a little bit, but yeah, I mean, not not with, with what I've seen from McCann. I, I don't know how I can put Wenberg in front of him. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, he's already shown that he had a lot of chemistry with those two, and again, Wenberg is a guy who hasn't really played. I mean, I think he got a crack in these two last preseason games, but we didn't really get a chance to see that, Josh. <laughs> so, so we're hoping maybe uh, another crack at it against Vancouver uh, coming up tomorrow night. 
and maybe we can have a bit of a, a better understanding of one bird's game uh, and how it's going to fit with the Seattle Kraken this year. Yeah, and with the amount of money, like you said, you got to hope it fits somewhere. Exactly. We got a couple other uh, UFA signings here. A one-year deal for Marcus Johansson at $1.5 million. He should be a nice depth signing of this team. Yep. It'll be interesting to see, you know, if he still has that offense left in his game. You know, he was a good 50-point guy for a couple seasons in Washington, but I, it, it seems like he's kind of past that point in his game. Would you agree, Josh? Yeah, I'd expect um, third-line, fourth-line minutes for him, but uh, it could be could be important on, on the PK. He adds that leadership, little experience. Been been around the block, that's, that's for sure. Uh, real journeyman. Mm-hmm. So I, I like the signing. It's a low-risk... Uh, type of signing and you never know he could find a little bit of that offense and and be an important player on that third line or he could just be a depth signing on that fourth line yeah and i don't think that's a bad thing either uh this is a guy like you said he's a, he's a veteran in the league and you're gonna need to fill your roster out with some veterans here and bring that kind of experience and help teach these young guys you know how to be a pro player day by day uh and that's kind of what johansson's probably going to be this year uh so that's you know that's kind of his his role this season, and at that kind of money, you, you kind of just got to accept what it is, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, we got two last UFAs to talk about. Uh, the first one here, Riley Shahan, who signed a deal for one year at 850K. I got to tell you, uh, Shahan is a guy who's impressed me in preseason. He looked like somebody who just has a fire under his ass and is ready to, you know, continue to play NHL games. You know, he's not going to be much more than a fourth line centerman. That's basically his role. And he plays that role damn well. So uh, he, he's just looked really good with some of the players he's been playing with so far in preseason. Yeah. Made a little history, brings a little grit to his game, shows he can produce. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's definitely in my eyes, someone who's shooting for that fourth line role. But again, I think it's capped at about that could be important once again on, on the PK, that, that type of player. And it's, like you said, there's there's nothing wrong with being that type of player. Every team needs one, and, and if he does break way, way into this this lineup, he could be u- very useful in, in those specific type of roles. Mm-hmm. He should be a guy who finds himself in a, in a penalty-killing role. You know, he's been a very good face-off guy throughout his career, and you got to have some of those guys, especially at the end of the game. you got to throw out... Uh, a centerman who you can trust to win those important draws. And, and Shahan could be a guy who does that because he does bring a lot of good defensive aspects to his game. So uh, having those guys is important. And so far I'm just impressed with how well Shahan has played in that, in that role. And he looks like a guy who's, you know, pushing hard to make sure he sticks with the team opening night. Yep. And he's got a good chance at it. He does. Yep. And then our very last one here, I would say this is the biggest wild card of all UFA signings. Agreed. And we have Ryan Donato. So give me your thoughts on, on Donato here, Josh. Really excited. Really excited. I mean, looking at the almost league minimum that we signed him for, you don't know what to expect. I mean, he could be top six. He could be in, in the bottom six. You don't really know, but I can almost promise you whether he's on that third line or second line, which is more than likely where he's going to fit he'll be someone who produces and we saw it already in preseason he's had good good seasons he just needs to find a little bit of consistency a little more confidence maybe maybe the the increased number of minutes he would find in the crack in this year will help but 
I really like this pickup. There's absolutely, in my eyes, no risks to it. And I think that he, like I said, he will play that top nine, top six minutes. And I think he will find some success this season. Yeah, you make a really good point with the the no risk to it at all, right? A guy you signed for one year, 750K. If he does pop off too this year, which if he's playing on that role like you talked about, could definitely happen. He's still an RFA at the end of his deal here. So you still retain his rights, uh, which is important too, right? Uh, yep. And I'm, yeah, I'm really excited to see what Donato can bring because he's looked very, very good playing beside Morgan Geeky and, you know, whoever else is on that other side, whether it's a uh, Jonas Donskoy or, you know, you could potentially put a Mason Appleton in there. Um, it, it looks like there's some, some good chemistry already being built there, which is yeah. exciting. Yeah, really. Week three of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week four with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any game this week to receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prices up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. All right, moving on here. We're back at it with some roster updates uh, over the last couple days. Seattle Kraken have made some cuts. So we're just going to go over those cuts really quickly to keep everybody updated on what's going on here. So the cuts that they made, I'm going to list them right here. So you got Luke Henman, Antoine Bebo, Connor Carrick, Gustav Olofsson, and Kale Fleury. Okay, so these players were cut uh, to send them back to Charlotte, uh, which is their AHL squad that they're splitting this year uh, with Florida. So Charlotte Checkers. Um very, very, very surprised that Kale Fleury didn't get picked up by anyone. That was the one player who I think Kraken fans were quite nervous about getting picked up. Um, but he made it safely to Charlotte, and that's good news, right, Josh? Yeah, I would have been, I've been kind of bummed out. I mean, it's cool having, uh, and like we said, on, in that one game where the, the brothers played together. Uh, you don't see it too often. Uh, we know that he's a he's a right-handed de- uh, defenseman, which is something that down the line, if he develops, could be very, very handy for the Kraken. Uh, I don't think he was ready. I don't think any of those players that got sent down was a surprise to anyone, really. Uh, they, they need to have a little bit more time to develop down in the AHL. They have a good opportunity to do that. But it would, it would have been a little disappointed in my eyes to, to see the brothers get broken up that quickly. So I'm glad he made it down safely and we can use him at, at our disposal. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy that he's still part of this organization and that we still have that brother connection. Because at some point, we definitely want to see that hit the NHL ice uh, <laughs> as a D pair. You know, uh, whatever the case may be, it would be exciting to see them get to play uh, on the same D pair in, in an NHL game again. 
Uh, so very happy that he's still part of it. Um, not too shocked about everybody else who got sent down. Of course, uh, at first, Scott Wilson was released from yep. his from his professional tryout offer. Um, but news this morning is that the Charlotte Checkers did sign him to a deal. So he is remaining part of this organization. Yep. Perfect. And again, some news this morning of some other guys who got sent down. Uh, Twarinski and True, also part of that uh, group that got sent down this morning. Uh, again, I don't think it's too, too shocking. Uh, maybe Alexander True should have gotten maybe one more opportunity against Vancouver to prove himself. But other than that, I think it comes at no surprise that these guys are you know, being sent down to Charlotte at this time with only one preseason game remaining. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. No, nothing too too shocking there, especially with some of the the players we touched on already earlier in the episode going for that that bottom six roles are producing and are are somewhat uh, already kind of p- putting their staple into this lineup, and it just made it a little bit harder for True to get that second chance that they just made the decision and, and kind of moved on. Hmm. Yeah, and some other interesting news this morning out of practice. Um, we're eight days away from opening night. And Yanni Gord is skating in a regular jersey. He no longer has the non-contact jersey on. And that is just exciting to see. And to my to my eyes here, I, th- I think he's definitely ahead of schedule, wouldn't you say? Because if you're wearing, you know, a non or a contact jersey now, a regular jersey, you know, obviously you're able to get hit in practice, get bumped around. That's a good sign that that shoulder's got to be very quick to coming back. Yeah, and someone who, I mean, I've dislocated my shoulder three times. I've had surgery on my shoulder. I'm, I played hockey my whole life. So I'm someone on a very different level who understands what it's like coming back from shoulder injuries because they are very scary and you don't want to rush it. You want to make sure you get it right, right away. So, I mean, I'm nervous for him, but I mean, they, he's got better, uh, he's got better people helping me out than I did. So I'm assuming he's hopefully going to be able to get back to strength, but it's really good to see. Um, and we just got to hope we see the same type of Yanni Gord. I mean, injuries are are interesting. I and mean, a lot of times when they're they're done properly and done right, you'll see the very similar type of player. So I'm really hoping that he this injury just you know heals its heals itself after the time and all the work that he's done because he's obviously put in every bit of blood, sweat, and tears you need to come back on time and ready. And I'm excited to see what he looks like because I think he's eager to get in this lineup as well. Yeah, he definitely looks like it. And he is flying around in those practices too. Um, so I think he's going to be back within two weeks of opening night for sure. I mean, that's if you're amazing. already... Yeah, and that's amazing news. Kraken fans should be absolutely psyched about that uh, because this is a guy who is going to be a big uh, game changer for this lineup, right? He's going to help bring some of that offense that's that's missing uh, right now. Perfect. Okay, kind of moving on here, Josh. Um, we have we could maybe talk about those last two preseason games here. Um, just kind of give our thoughts, just because you know it's all we could really talk about is what we've seen on Twitter. Unfortunately, you know, being Canadians here, we didn't get the opportunity to watch these games. You know, apparently there was uh, some issues at the rink, whether that was Wi-Fi or or whatever the issues were, we couldn't find a link to the game. We weren't able to watch him. But what we did pick up from Twitter is that, you know, they had a pretty good effort against Edmonton and obviously had the stronger lineup of the two teams. 
but it sounded like Edmonton did battle back. And obviously looking at the score, I mean, it went to overtime and you know, the big, the big storyline of this game was special teams, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, getting, getting the result, it's always nice, especially building up that, uh, that, uh, that chemistry and seeing that your big players got off. I mean, I like seeing that Schwartz is back on the, the goal sheet. Um, uh, McCann on there as well. I mean, that's what you want. I mean, the dream is you see your top line producing. That is what you need. That is the chemistry. I think Seattle's trying to build, not being able to watch the game, just seeing the highlights. It was a little frustrating, but, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, I, when you see your top line scoring, it doesn't matter what team you are in the NHL, it's, it's nothing but good signs. Uh, maybe we're hoping for a little more comfortable of a win over Edmonton, given the the lineup that Edmonton put out. But regardless, I guess a win is a win. Learn some stuff from it and move on. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we'll do right here is move on to the next uh, Calgary versus Seattle game, which was uh, the second game on the back-to-back. And yeah, I don't know what happened this game because I didn't <laughs> see it, but it looked like they outshot uh, Calgary quite largely. So the big question mark was this one. In this one, sorry, was the play of Chris Drieger. Um, so it didn't seem like he had a very strong game. And what was it, 14 shots you had said earlier to me that uh, they allowed in the game? 13 shots. So he saved 13 nine of 13. shots. So he saved nine of 13, led in four, just a rough outing for him. So I'm hoping, you know, with one preseason game left, maybe they give him at least half that game. Uh, to try to get comfortable and find his game before going into the regular season again. Yeah, because I, I strongly believe tandems have become so much more important in, in the NHL and in modern day. You see it all the time, and we have an opportunity in Seattle to to really make that statement known with, with the tandem we're, we're have that's supposed to almost like scare the opposition. But uh, yeah, he <laughs> absolutely needs to, to find his game sooner rather than later because like we, uh, we've been saying, Joey Decord is sitting right there. Yeah, he is. And uh, I think he's a guy who, if he gets that opportunity, he could run with that backup role. So Chris Drieger better, you know, show up to play these next few games or, you know, his job could be on the line, essentially. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Cool, cool. Um, So looking at our next segment here, uh, we're going to start a new segment off for the second episode, and it is called Around the NHL. All right, so we're going to cut right into this around the NHL segment here, Josh. And one of the biggest topics going on in the NHL today is some news out of Twitter um, from a particular player, an elite goalie around the league too. Yeah. Uh, that goalie is Robin Leonard. And so Robin Leonard has been sharing some some thoughts these last few days um, on Twitter. And I got to say, they are shocking to say the least. Eh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, I mean, everywhere I go, I mean, I'm just playing pickup hockey and we're in the change room and everyone left, right, and center is like, did you see what Leonard said? And and it's wild, man. So, I mean, like, like uh, let's explain. Like, go through it and let's break this thing down. Yeah, so going through it, so I'm just going to pop up some tweets here. Um, so Leonard, he's been pretty active on Twitter <laughs> and sharing his thoughts about, uh, you know, one team in particular. Uh, no shocker here. It's yeah. the Buffalo Sabres. And just, you know, how they've, been treating some of their players you know going back to his experience with them and obviously you know how the whole situation with jack eichel has been uh so far so so he's been sharing some thoughts so i'm gonna i'm gonna break down some of his tweets here okay (laughs) so pointing towards the buffalo sabers he tweets 
They screwed my ankle big time. Then surgery and then pills. No care, dot, dot, dot. Almost died. But A, after forcing leg press after a few weeks, after bad high ankle sprain first game, that that is foot after treatment. Again, he shows the pictures on Twitter. Uh, later is my soul gone after <laughs> after a month after surgery. It's not all pretty. So that's kind of shocking. And then he goes on to say, uh, is it common for workplaces to give out benzodiazepines to employees when they travel and Ambien? Should that not be done by doctors or psychiatrists? Asking for a friend. This doesn't happen in Vegas, to be clear. But I know many other teams. I also been on other teams that do. Thoughts on that, Josh? Those are like they're strong claims. I mean, the Buffalo Sabers have been in a disastrous situation. This is the last thing this organization needs. They've just publicly stripped their captain. All these crazy reports are coming out of of Eichel and his surgery, yeah. and now Leonard mm-hmm. comes out and directly attacks them and. And it is just not good to be a part of the Buffalo Sabres organization right now. And I don't think this story is going to go away anytime Mm -hmm. soon. No, it doesn't appear to be. And I think the biggest thing too is the fact that Buffalo is still holding back the medical records of Jack Eichel from other teams to, to look at. And, you know, that's probably holding up this process quite a bit. And, you know, it's, it's pretty shady of Buffalo to be doing that. You know, it's supposed to be something that you're able to access especially when you're in trade discussions with a player. But for instance, you know, Vladimir Tarasenko was, you know, part of a lot of trade talks this summer. And, you know, every team had access to his medical documents. You know, he had had a, a couple shoulder surgeries and every team was able to see the medical records and see what the latest updates of that were. But from our understanding is, Jack Eichels has has been hidden from other teams, and that's pretty alarming to say the least. Yeah, yeah, it's again, it, it goes against what the Buffalo Sabers want right now, and and there's no reason to do that. I mean, Eichels honestly wants out of that organization, and can you blame him? Everyone who was maybe on the fence of of it, and I think most people probably would have kind of you know sympathized with Jack Eichel, but now who is going to sympathize with the Buffalo Sabers? No one is. Everyone's mm-hmm. going to be on Eichel's side. Everyone, everyone's going to be excited when he moves on. And Buffalo just needs to take a real hard look at themselves and try to figure this thing out because these stories aren't good for absolutely anyone. And having former players coming back out and, and basically making everyone else kind of go against them is just mm-hmm. not a position you're going to want to be in. And now you're one of the players on that team and you're looking around being like, I'm in the wrong organization right now, man. Yeah, it's got to be an eerie feeling being part of that locker room. Obviously, the players are probably pretty good at putting that kind of stuff aside, but uh, when you hear these reports coming out, it does make you kind of question, you know, the organization that you're now a part of and, you know, where that's all going to lead to, you know, Leonard has already said on Twitter too, that he's prepared to put out a story every day until the NHL does something about this or somebody steps in and stops this from happening. And the latest report from Elliot Friedman is that the NHL has reached out to Leonard already you know after the first day of tweets really and you know they want to set up an interview so that's good to hear but where is that going to lead is the next big question mark right what comes out of this interview um does Leonard face any supplementary discipline from some of his tweets i really hope it doesn't go in that direction because you know 
it it would suck to see that happen because players would then not feel like they could speak out. And, you know, Leonard's one of those guys who have done, he's done a lot of that lately. He's spoken about, uh, you know, his true thoughts around the league and obviously with uh, some of his mental health that he's had to deal with. He's been a big advocate for that and speaking out about that is very important. And these players should have every right to be able to, you know, talk about their their feelings and their thoughts on things and not have to feel like they have to hold back on them. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, mm-hmm. He's a player who... Who did uh, who did that quite a bit? I mean, the the strong words he had at, at going to the Islanders and and basically talking up that organization was just absolutely incredible. And and talking mm-hmm. about things he's had to battle with, uh, he's someone who you want to listen to. You you want you want to believe in. And now he had an opportunity to to again show his feelings and and you don't want these kind of things because we've seen different stories come out over the years of of things that different organizations have done that they've tried to hide. So I I hope players don't get kind of struck back for for speaking the truth and and i don't think uh it'll affect whether he gets fined or not i don't think you'll ever put um robin leonard's opinion down i think you'll always always feel comfortable saying it no matter what but not every player will yeah exactly so it's it's really cool to see a player like robin leonard speaking out and trying to get these things out to the public because quite frankly they need to be because it's uh, unacceptable for team doctors to be prescribing these players these types of pills and stuff and you know when it's kind of under the table and a shady shady way of doing it and you know they're trying to give these players uh, medications for things that you know aren't necessarily <laughs> supposed to be given to them right for for what they're dealing with you know Rick Westhead is another guy who kind of yeah. talked about it too on Twitter and you know he talks about how benzodiazepines are typically pre- prescribed for exi- anxiety insomnia seizures and panic disorders you know they're known to slow brain activity down uh, people can become physically dependent on them and the FDA in 2020 demanded new warning labels for the drug, uh, which has been involved in more than 30% of opioid overdoses. So kind of scary when you kind of think of it that way, that, you know, some of these team doctors essentially around the league that Robin Leonard's claiming that they're kind of handing them out to players to help them sleep. Um, But, (laughs) you know, and not really taking taking care of the players properly. So something that definitely needs changed. Absolutely, man. Scary stuff. Mm-hmm. perfect okay well i think that's a great discussion that we had today um just a little breakdown of what's going to be coming up next episode uh we're going to be looking at the final preseason game against vancouver uh going over our final thoughts on roster cuts that will uh you know we assume will be happening and then maybe a little breakdown of the pacific division and the predictions of where teams are going to land for that pacific division uh so so it'll be a nice interesting episode as well and we're going to be bringing lots of fun discussions your way so thank you everybody for being a part of episode number two of keeping up with the krakens again my name is tyler bell and josh deming here was part of our discussions today and hopefully he'll continue to be part of those discussions for a couple more episodes and yeah we'll talk to everybody soon and hope you all have a great day crackheads we'll talk to you later